National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard London. Bedfordshire, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire, Cheshire, Cornwall, Cumbria, Devon, Dorset, Herefordshire, the NCCA podcast, Hertfordshire, Lincolnshire, Norfolk, Northumberland, Oxfordshire, Shropshire, Staffordshire, Suffolk, Wales National Counties, Wiltshire. We've got National Counties Cricket covered. Once again, time for the NCCA podcast, the Hot Pod, as it is, Law and Logie. Um, a man who's always cool on a hot occasion, Richard Logan. How are you, mate? Well, I'm not sure that's actually the case. <laughs> uh, I've been out and about a little bit um, this week, Sunday and Tuesday, and it was absolutely roasting at both places. So, yeah, I uh, spent a lot of time in the air-conditioned pavilion at Banbury on Tuesday, I must admit. I didn't really get out of there, but... Uh, yeah, I suppose we can't complain. It's better than it raining, um, but I think uh, everybody could do with a little bit of rain at the moment. But it's uh, no, it's certainly it's conducive to some good cricket. Probably not the cricket that we'd see in this time of year normally, with the wickets that are probably a little bit flatter uh, and is getting three hundreds in these one day games. But they're they're still very very good to watch because they're still quite um, well. They're, they're still highly skilled. Whether that be playing against the a sort of spin attack or um just trying to work out how you can how you can get up to a decent total because it's it's not easy on the wickets at the moment and I think that goes across the board. That's got nothing to say against the the grounds that we're playing at. I think just everyone's it's it's quite tricky to to prepare cricket wickets at the moment and, and pitches. So the the one good thing is the outfields are quick. <laughs> I suppose yeah, yeah absolutely that's only for the batters. But yeah it's um it certainly makes for some interesting cricket to watch. Uh, I must admit, it's been uh, it's been fascinating to see both games on Sunday and the game that we had on on Tuesday as well. So it's uh, it's just a diff- slightly different style of cricket, I suppose. Drinks breaks every every twenty minutes almost, isn't it? And that's that's yeah. just club cricket as well, you know. So hey ho, but up and down the country, yeah, parch pitches as we were talking about just before we started, parch pitches and uh, reflections on the old days from some of us. But uh, hey, who knows? Anyway. Plenty of cricket, Rich, haven't we? We've got two um, two semi-finals from the weekend gone in a knockout trophy. Then, of course, you were in action in midweek. Uh, more of that in a while. Um, and um, this weekend, it's um, the penultimate weekend of three-day championship cricket. Yeah, which I think is uh, it's similar to the Saturday on a golf tournament, isn't it? I'll always relate things to golf, but they always say that's moving day. And I think this is probably that weekend. Um we have had a. We've got a few teams that have played three games, but um, it'll be uh, after this weekend. Some will be finished. Um, some teams will have played all their four games, and some will, uh, and the rest will be up to three. So we will be able to get a really good taste of what the final weekend holds and who's who's in the mix to get into the final uh, of those top two divisions, and, and who's potentially in, in danger of being relegated or, um, or or promoted from the second division. So I think um, yeah, this weekend is going to produce a little bit of clarity I suppose on on what to look for in that final week but yeah there's still still an awful lot of cricket to be played with with those two three days the one day final and then obviously our championship final as well so plenty of cricket left yet um but it does feel like we're getting to the business end of things very much so Right. All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. Roll your sleeves up then, young man. Um, Shall we go straight into uh, your travels of a weekend? I had a weekend off. You didn't. You managed to take in both knockout trophy semifinals. 
I did indeed. And I, I drove up to Oxford to go to Great and Little Chew for the first half of the day. And it, what a beautiful ground that is. Mm. Apparently they have a, a quite a celebrity that lives relatively nearby, which I didn't know. Um, uh, so I was, uh, yeah, I was quite excited to find out that David Beckham lived in the area. Uh, oh, right. Wow. Less excited to find out that Jeremy Clarkson also did, but um, still, that's, it was good. <laughs> Italy to... Squat Farm, is it? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I think one was one way and one was the other, but um, it was certainly a beautiful ground, and they did a good job at hosting um, hosting the game for sure. So, yeah, uh, a big shout out to them because it was a, a very very picturesque ground, and I enjoyed spending a few hours there. Um, albeit not the easiest place to find if you've not been there before. Oh but... yes, no, I remember that. Yeah, but getting to the cricket, um, and this was played on one of those wickets that we were talking about, a little bit tricky. It did a little bit with a new ball, and and then it certainly turned, and it, and it was one for getting stuck in and battening down the hatches and kind of eking out a total. Um, and that's what Oxford Oxfordshire did, because um, they were in a little bit of trouble um, at 47 for four, um, and no, no surprises who kind of battened down the hatches and got stuck in. Uh, it was their captain, Johnny Cater, and he did that with Ollie Clark. Um, at that stage, they came together and managed to put on 52 together. Johnny um, Cater ended up with 28 and Ollie, uh, Ollie Clark 36. Um, and after that, they kind of eked up. I think Ollie Clark was run out. That happened just before I got there. Um, but as we've talked about a lot, the, the tail wags in National Counties cricket. Uh, and batting at eight and nine, Luke Charles with the Max Mannering put on some more runs. Luke Charles has got 34 of 38 balls uh, and Max batted very well at the end of the innings, which I did see. Uh, he scored 32 not out of 24 balls. So it gave them a little bit of impetus into the the second innings. Uh, so Oxfordshire finished on 212 for nine off their 50 overs, which they probably would have been quite happy with, bearing in mind they were 47 for four. However, probably would admit they were 20 or 30 mm. short, really of of what they would have wanted um the i think this has been cumbrish strength throughout um <clears throat> because actually uh, going off topic very quickly i, I got asked uh, or somebody brought to my attention that somebody commented on one of the social media channels about there not being any Cumbria lads in the ECC team last year or in the NCCA team this week. Now, obviously, there's a lot of reasons for that. We have a very robust sort of selection policy. So I'm not going to get into that necessarily uh, explaining that. But what I, having thought about it, what uh, Cumbria do have is a very good team from 1 to 11. Um, and they play as a team. And they're, they're like the old sort of Warwickshire of the 90s or Gloucestershire of the 2000s when they won all the one-day stuff. They play as a team and they have everybody performing well. And going through the MVP this week, that was really, um, really clear to see in the fact that everybody in their team has got a decent amount of points, but they don't have anybody with lots and lots of points. So mm. I think that kind of explains why maybe they haven't got that one ultimate star star player that stands out above everybody else, although they have some very, very good performers. Um, but the reason I brought it in now is because I was just looking at their bowling stats and it was, a and of what I've written down here is a, a, a team effort. Um, four people got two wickets. The other couple of guys got a wicket each and from a fielding display and everything that they put together, it, it's a really, it is a really, really good team effort. And that's why they are consistently um, successful in, in white ball cricket, I think. Um, and going back to that Brodie Clendenning 
uh, got two for 45. Ben Walton got two for 49. Matt Siddle, two for 21. And Nico Watt, two for 44. And before I move on, obviously, we know that Matt's a bit of a superstar at the moment and doing very, very well, but in three-day cricket. So uh, if we're looking at white ball cricket, his season's been a little bit slower, but he's still performed very well. But um, yeah, I think ha- having had those discussions recently and, and having had that been brought to my attention, I kind of looked into it as I was going through this and, and thought, well, actually, we have looked at Michael Slack and we have looked at Sam Dutton, especially last year when they were performing well. And I think actually availability... Um, wasn't quite right for them. Um, but even so, we've got to look at it. We're, we've got 20 counties to pick one, right? And we've got about six or seven batters we can pick and four bowlers. So, um, but yeah, I, I think what my point is, it highlighted that I think Cumbria's strength lies in their their entire team. Um, and 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 it just, it was highlighted, it jumped off the page there when I put a team effort in their bowling. So I think <clears throat> they set up, this game in a way that, that they were kind of in control of it, chasing 213 to win. Um, and getting into that second innings, Sam Dutton, who's obviously come into some form recently, certainly in the in the National County, he's got 160 in the last three-day game. He opened the batting and, uh, and, and started with, uh, and, and well, and got 44, which is what you need when you're chasing it. I think you need a good, stable start. So him getting that 44 would have gotten off to a good start. They then had JJ Fielding coming in the middle of the middle of the innings and kind of hold it all together in 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 uh, in partnership with Ben Walton. They put on a few runs. Um, JJ Fielding top scored with 71, and that kind of got them up to that total with what looks like relative comfort. Uh, they had a couple of overs to go. Um, Max Mannering, who I think was one of their picks um, to look out for, he bowled 10 overs, two maidens, two for 28. He was the pick of the bowlers. Uh, and then there was a wicket each for Luke Charlesworth, Prav Chahal, Ollie Clark and George Tate. But yeah, um, I think uh, a really good, as I said, team performance guy by Cumbria. And they are our first team into the final, which is they, third players, the third time they've made it there. And the, the players are sort of spread far and wide as well, aren't they? Because because of the geography of Cumbria, I guess. Uh, you've got uh, Northumberland, Durham across across the other side of the country. You've got uh, Lancashire, some good links with Lancashire, haven't they, over the years, Cumbria as well, a couple this season. Yeah, they have. But it's got to be said that actually uh, we've talked about our eligibility criteria in the past and that we've got to have homegrown players and young players. And and Cumbria uh, certainly have taken that on in in spades, really. And they have a lot, if not 10 or 11, in every game of their homegrown players, which is brilliant for Cumbria cricket. Um, and good that they're getting some really good, strong players coming through. And and maybe that's where they get that team cohesion from as well, because th- there are other teams, obviously, with homegrown players, but that always adds to it if you've got people playing for the county that they're from. Um, I know, I suppose, maybe get shot for saying this, but I don't think I was ever as passionate about winning a game as I was playing for staffs when I was a lad coming up because I was from Cannock and everything else. And playing yeah. for my home club, you always got that, You've got that inbuilt sort of drive to 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 win, haven't you? Um, you can take it everywhere else, and I suppose that's part of moving around and and, and playing sports. But uh, yeah, I think being that being that home ground player, I think it really it really adds something to it. Okay, so um, well played the sausages then. <laughs> yeah, so Cumbria through to the final for the like I said, the third time in three years. Obviously, twenty twenty uh, excluded, but nineteen twenty one and now twenty two. So. They'll um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Third time potentially lucky. 
They've spent a lot of this season on the road. I know that, and last season for that matter, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I suppose that's one of the things they're kind of used to with their geography. Um, but uh, that, no, they've certainly done a good job um, in this in this one day competition. And I think it's probably fair to say on reflection last year, they started really well and they were mm. string off as they got to the final. I don't think that's the case this year. So yeah. uh, I think they've they've hit a far more level playing and they're kind of on a steady incline. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, how they perform at the end of the month. The National Counties Cricket Association podcast. Great stuff. Okay, so uh, the other semi-final was at glorious Finchhampstead where Berkshire took on Dorset. Indeed, and actually being at uh, a great little two in the morning and watching Finch Hampstead on sort of play cricket and the scores come in, the, those first <laughs> innings were virtually mirroring each other mm. all the way through the 50 overs. Uh, and obviously with Oxford getting to 212 for nine, it went down to Finch Hampstead and Berkshire had got 219 in their first innings all out and they were in a similar situation. But they were 64 for four as well, probably looking down the barrel a little bit. Um, two of their uh, performers, consistent performers, um, in Andy Rishton and Dan Lincoln, steadied the ship a little bit with a 61-run partnership. Andy Rishton got 22 of those, uh, and Dan Lincoln finished uh, top scoring on 73. And, and again, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to Johnny Cage all the time about the being the man man of the moment when the, when the chips are down. Dan Lincoln's that for Berkshire, for sure. He's a smart cricketer, and he knows... The right time to play the right kind of innings, um, and yeah, he he top scored with seventy three, and then a, a little bit, again, really really similar down the innings. Jaffa Chowan and Luke Bevan um, got twenty two and thirteen, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I suppose when we're talking at about two hundred nineteen runs and getting over that kind of pivotal mental barrier of the two hundred run mark, it is quite key. Um, so yeah, they managed to kind of eke out that two hundred nineteen um, that they. Uh, no doubt, probably were relatively confident defending because of the wicket was turning and their team was was full of spinners. Um, but Ben Ladd Gibbon for Dorset, uh, he was the leading wicket taker with three for 44. Rob Pack took two for 53, including both uh, Rishton and Lincoln in those two wickets. And Jacob Gordon um, took two for 18 or five, I think 5.3 overs at, towards the end as well. So a really good, solid performance from Dorset. Uh, and what looked like a pretty battling performance by Berkshire to get up to to get up to that total to defend. Um, so yeah, it was kind of when I got to the to the ground actually. I missed the first little bit of the innings, but uh, Dorset seemed in a in a position that they looked okay. I think they were sixty for sixty six for four. Um, so. Uh, or around that, so very similar to, to to what Berkshire had been as well. So I think that was quite a pivotal part of the, the innings. I think the wicket was not deteriorating, but was turning a little more. Uh, and obviously with Rodri Lewis, Luke Bevan, Ewan Woods, and Jaffa Chowan all being really high quality spinners, it, it, they were going to be up against it. And, and unfortunately, that seemed to be the case. Um, they did, however, have the sort of Sam Dutton role played by Luke Bevan, who opened the batting and got thirty one to kind of set them on their way. Um, but yeah, they didn't really get anything after that. Sam Young scored 38. I apologise. He was top scorer, 38. And Alex Eklund uh, on 13 was the next highest score. <clears throat> they then uh, had the other eight players who didn't get out of single figures. So it's tough when, you, when you've got that. You need to get a, at least a couple of partnerships together, don't you, to get over. And uh, they ended up being bowled out for 131. Um, 
as I said, Sam Young top scored with 38. Uh, and the spin quartet that I just read out, in fact, uh, Rodri Lewis, 10 overs, 4 for 36. Luke Bevan, 9 overs, 1 for 22. Ewan Woods, 6 overs, 3 for 18. And Jaffa Chowan, 8 overs, 2 for 23. So in the end, it did fizzle out a little bit and Berkshire uh, ended up with a relatively comfortable 88-run victory, which sets up uh, a final for... I don't think you even need to be a stato to know that Berkshire played Cumbria in the last three finals. So, yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see how that works out, whether Berkshire can get um, get their third victory on, a, on on the bounce against Cumbria and in that competition. Uh, like I said, they played, together, played against each other in 2019, which Berkshire won 2021 last year, which Berkshire won. So is 2022 going to be the same? Or is it going to be a bit different? We shall see. But like I said, I think the the, the key thing for me is that Cumbria aren't, weren't sort of tapering off as they were potentially last year. Um, but listen, we'll see. We know how my predictions go. So yes. I'm, I'm not making any other than a couple of people to look out for. But we'll do that close to the well, top. I reckon it will be either Oxfordshire, sorry, either Berkshire or uh, Cumbria. Yeah, no, I'm going with that. I'm, I'm definitely going with that. Um but I think I did pick a few people out this week and I think, um, I can't remember who I did. Oh, that's right. Dan Lincoln and Mungo Russell. Um, well, Mungo got injured in the warm-up, so that was good. Um, Dan did top score, so I'm taking that. Sam Young top scored and Rob Pack got the two main players out. Max Mannering was, had the best figures and Johnny Cater did get them out of a, a pickle. Sam Dutton top scored with 44. So I oh, know he didn't, but he opened and batted well. And Matt Siddle did get a couple of wickets. So... I think all in all, I'll stick with picking players rather than teams. But um, no, that was a, nice a nice little segue straight into our next uh, next game, actually. NCCA reviews and previews. Which is? Which is our NCCA rep team versus the MCC, which is an annual fixture. Um, we played them at High Wycombe last year. Um and we we played them at Banbury this year. Uh, and a big shout out to Banbury. They hosted fantastically well. They actually mixed it in with one of their, uh, with a sponsors day for the club, uh, which was really great to see. Uh, they had a lot of sponsors down there. They're obviously doing a really good job with regards to getting some local businesses involved in that. And it looked like they were all having a fantastic time. Um, if you've been, well, you have been to Banbury because I was there with you last year. Indeed, um, yes. They have a they have a catering van that comes. I was just going to ask you about that. The uh, oh, fantastic kitchen. spicy food. Yeah, and it was absolutely brilliant. I did say to them, I've been waiting all day because I was sat outside watching the cricket, and they had all these canapes come down for the sponsors, and it was it was killing me because it smelled so good. But yeah, that was um, that was certainly as good as I remember. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose to give a bit of background on this fixture, it's, it's been. It's been in the NCCA and MCCA diary for a number of years. Um, and we, we've kept it going because I think last year we used it as not a trial game, but for some of the players that we were looking at for the ECC uh, to get them involved. Because actually, we kind of know what people can do from a cricketing perspective. We like to meet them and see how they gel with uh, other players from other counties because being away for what will be nine days and last year it was it was two weeks we need to ensure that we get the right kind of characters in in the team as well and that's certainly what I believe and and Tom Lambert who's head coach uh, believes as well so we um we kind of did something similar this year and we had a few players that are in the mix for going to that tournament um and a few that were maybe on the on the cusp of it so uh, but 
we had a great group of lads, I must admit, um, from lots of different counties, uh, and they all played. Um, they all played really, really well. They mixed together well, and they represented uh, the NCCA uh, as we asked them to uh, and their own counties. So they all did uh, themselves proud in that regard, uh, which was good, and they certainly did themselves proud on the on the field. Terrific. Yeah. So it was a. <laughs> Again, not going to repeat ourselves, but it was a, it was a pretty tricky wicket uh, only because of the weather. But it did it did play quite nicely. Um, the NCCA got up to two hundred and fifty two in their fifty overs because it was a fifty over game, albeit we played in whites with a red ball because um, that, that's how we we play the MCC fixtures. Um, and Tom Keast from Lynx, he opened the batting and, and got us off to a really good start. He scored thirty seven off thirty eight balls and looked a very very good player as we know he is. Um, Kish Falani also got 19 batting towards the top of the order and Dan Lincoln got off to a really good start um, before getting a really good ball off of Chris Peplow which I'm sure uh, even <laughs> everybody, uh, no doubt he hated getting out to him um, and then when Sam Pearce from Wales was out uh, we were sort of reeling a little bit at 130 for 6 uh, and Lambert and I were talking thinking if we could get up to that sort of 210 mark that, that Cumberland Berkshire did um Sorry, Oxford and Berkshire did in those in those one day games. I thought we'd have a pretty good shot. Um, but George Tate had different ideas there. Uh, absolutely, he came in. I think he's a Banbury lad at heart. I know he plays for a different club now, but I think he's grown up around there. He certainly lives close to it, and I know his his mum's involved in the club. Um, but uh, yeah, George batted extremely well. Ended up with a run of all 108. Um, he really did bat well and like anchor the whole innings. Um, Arthur Godsell and Josh Croom, the two Wiltshire boys that were playing. They both got 22 and 15 respectively and, and really supported George and played extremely sensibly and played the situation very well to get up to that total of 252, um, which I actually thought was probably 20 or 30 over what we kind of wanted or what was par for that, for that wicket. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was certainly a good total and I think we were pretty confident going into that. Um, for the MCC, Ashley Sirajar uh, took three for 47. Uh, Chris Peplo, as per usual, bowled his 10 overs, 2 for 26. I think those yeah. national counties will be surprised with that. Uh, and Josh DeCares, who's um, one of the MCC players, but on the Middlesex staff as well, he was playing and took 3 for 43. So they certainly, uh, the MCC certainly had a strong team and had a lot of guys that had represented national counties cricket either this year or in time gone by. Obviously, we already mentioned Peps in that Um MCC in their reply, another another couple of uh, national counties names. Ollie Soames opened the batting, uh, batted very nicely for his 35. Um, but we did get them down to 55 for five. Um, so they looked like they were in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Ed Ellis, uh, Dorset player as well, he got 39 and batted with Chad Barrett, uh, who scored 22. They put on a few runs. And Ashley Sirivija also came in towards the end and got 29, batting down at 10. But yeah, that wasn't quite enough for those guys, and it um, they never really got up with a up with a chase, and were bowled out for 150, um, and a really good performance, a really good team performance. Josh Croom opened the bowling with Connor Haddo actually. Um, Josh bowling his left arm seamers, he ended up with two for 21. Connor uh, took two quick wickets, um, opening with a new ball, so he did a really great job uh, bowling his left arm spinners. He ended up with two for 37. Uh, Ollie Brecken, who we've talked about quite a bit through this white ball season, uh, he ended up with four for 24. Uh, he got the last two wickets in two balls as well, so no messing around there. 
and then Sam Pierce and Andy Rishton both picked up a wicket each. So yeah, a really a really solid performance on and off the field by the lads in regards to representing themselves, their counties in the NCCA, um, but also on the field as well. They look very, very good, um, gelled very quickly as a unit uh, and played very well. So, yeah. say, it's not always easy, is that? Just kind of being thrown together. You'll know of each other. Uh, not everyone, obviously, um, but you kind of get together and um, pressure's on a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and like I said, all the guys... Um, really gel we, we stayed there the night before and we a majority of us had um a meal we obviously had sam perry from cheshire playing who uh, is a lovely lad and as as are they all really so um it was it was good to chat and, and what i found when i was in spain last year with these lads is we sit and you talk cricket mm. <laughs> they love cricket yeah and it's so it's so nice and refreshing um, there's a little bit of banter flying around from county to county or oh, we did this against you da, da, da. but generally we talk about cricket and it's a great opportunity for me to kind of talk to them about what we're trying to do and they sometimes ask questions of why would, why don't we do this or why don't we do that but when you sit and explain the reasons why then they go oh well yeah we didn't think about that because generally players don't and that's why it's so important that we have the committees and all the volunteers that assist with running the games like yourself and all the people that work with you at Cheshire and and, and that at all the counties it's 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 not as simple as it, it seems sometimes and when the players ask questions why we don't do stuff as long as they get a, a, a an answer that they understand and it, it, and there's thought behind it which hopefully we do with all of our decisions then actually they understand and it's 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 good to spend time with players now so we've we've done i've done that a lot over the last 18 months really whether it be the ecc or traveling around or uh, on whatsapp groups that we have now with a number of players that have been at our id day and all these things so hopefully they can see the effort that's going into assisting them with taking the next step if need be and if not then we're they can see the effort going into making sure that their tournaments that they play in are as good as they can be and, and we need their feedback um i said at the very beginning of taking this job the players aren't always going to be right the committee members aren't always going to be right but if we get everybody's opinion together we can hopefully formulate a, a plan and a strategy that is is a positive one and moves us in the right direction for all the things that we're trying to achieve both on and off the field so yeah it's uh it was it was a really good uh couple of days um on, on Monday evening and, and Tuesday to spend some time with the lads. And like I said, they uh, they perform very, very well. That's great. I mean, and it is a busy time, isn't it? I mean, we've had the showcase games uh, on Sunday and Tuesday last week. We've obviously had the the um, uh, two semi-finals last weekend. We've had this on Tuesday. Then we go back into the three-day game. It's, uh, it's creating a bit of a buzz around the place. People are playing lots of cricket, walking under the sun, but hey, that's life. And uh, yeah, it feels as if going in the right direction. Yeah, and it feels like we've got a really nice sort of crescendo to the end of the evening, at the end of the season. Sorry, with um, with these last three day games that kind of become really exciting. Certainly last year they did, and I've no doubt that that'll happen again. Then we've got the one day final, which is obviously a final, and it's a big game. It's at Wormsley. It's a it's a fantastic venue. Then we go into the the final of that three day to really get that best team of the in, in the competition. And then we we get to go to we get to take some of the, the best performers to Spain and and that's a really nice way of tying up the season before we start getting into the the slightly more business side of the reviews and making sure that right what can we what can we improve on that we've done this year and how can we mm. use new things and we've we've talked a lot about the live stream and next year 
everybody's going to be doing that and that's going to be a benefit to everybody really driving awareness player review player performance hopefully get some more uh analysis work done as well and, and people working on that side of it so yeah we're as we've always said we're trying to get and close the gap between us and first class cricket as much as we can and i think we're definitely heading in the right direction with that um but yeah we'll always look to improve because that's that's what you do isn't it you do spot on right good okay um do you want to take a slug of water or whatever that amber looking liquid is in the uh, glass you have there Fortunately, it isn't Amber, it is clear, but uh, there we go. The National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously, you've you just mentioned that the three-day games are coming on again. Um, they're starting again this week, so I thought it'd be a good idea to just quickly refresh everybody's brain of, of what the what the tables look like, what fixtures mm-hmm. are coming up this weekend. Uh, and where people are with regards to their points. So I'll, I'll try not to skim through it too quickly with too many uh, bits of data because it's difficult to remember. But uh, uh, we'll start with Eastern Division 1. Um, and to, to give it a little bit of an overview, basically, we've got two teams that have played three three games. Um, and, uh, and one of those teams is playing this week. So staffs um, will have, by the end of this weekend, will have played all four of their games. So we'll know where they lie. Um, they currently lie in second position behind Lincolnshire um, by 13 points. So they need to have a really good win to put some put some uh, space in between them and Lynx. Uh, and Lynx are the team that aren't playing this week. So staffs do have an opportunity with a really good, strong win to go ahead of Lynx and put some pressure on them next week. Um, but yeah, they've obviously got to do that first. So we've got Lynx at the top, staffs in second, Norfolk and Beds in uh third and fourth place and they play against each other at Manor Park this weekend. Norfolk have 32 points and Beds have 12 and, and then Suffolk who are Staffs' opponents at Checkley are at the bottom uh, with two losses from their two games on seven points so yeah <clears throat> quite, a, quite a lot still to unravel with that but in essence we've got links at the top um, Staffs in second place who can jump above them um, uh, and links are having a rest this weekend so yeah, that, uh, that Division 1 is... Um, and I mustn't forget Norfolk are on 32 points, actually, and do have two games. So, yeah, a couple of really good games for them, and they could, boom, they could go past everybody. Yep. OK, uh, that's Eastern 1. What about Western 1? So, Western 1. So, Oxfordshire are sat at the top of the league. Um, they have played the three games. Uh, Herefordshire are third, who have also played three games. Um and Oxford are the team that are playing this weekend. So again, they'll have, they'll have done everything that they can by Tuesday, um, and they could probably put a little bit of a, a gap between them and Berkshire, albeit maybe not much if Barks have a good result against you boys up at Nantwich, um, because uh, of that extra game that Oxfordshire have played, they, they've actually lost. So Berkshire have got a, a two from two uh, winning. Uh, winning rate at the moment. So they're only four points behind. So ultimately, we've got Oxford on top, Berkshire second, Herefordshire third, Dorset fourth, and Cheshire uh, fifth. But um, everybody's got a couple of games left other than uh, Oxford and Herefordshire. So yeah, it's pretty close in there. Herefordshire have played three, so they've only got one game left and they do have a week off this week. That could be a benefit, but it might not be in the fact that they might be out of the running next week, uh, depending on how Berkshire or Oxfordshire go. But yeah, again, 
there's three teams in the mix there at the top, so it, we'll have to see. Uh, like I said, it's definitely moving uh, moving day in in the top two divisions this weekend. Uh, and come next week, when we when we're talking about what's happened, we'll we'll have a much better picture of. Uh, well, we'll have to get our calculators out to work out what's going to uh, what's going to be happening on the last day. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait to see how all that works itself out in the top two divisions. But um, yeah, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to predict who's going to be in the in the championship final. <laughs> that's, sure. that's it, Bam, Bambury and Amwich, then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Cheshire, Cheshire Berkshire at Nantwich, Oxfordshire Dorset at Banbury. Okay, great stuff. Uh, East 2. So, East 2. The fixtures this weekend are Cumbria versus Hertfordshire at Furness uh, and Northumberland versus Bucks at Jesmond. So, an all-north um, venue, uh, I suppose, all-north venues. So, there's a little bit of travelling for Hearts and Bucks, but... Both very nice places. I do love Jesmond. So Cam's yeah. have got a weekend off this week. So they are sitting at the top of the table, having played three games. So they, they'll be sat watching, no doubt, how Bucks are getting on because they are only two points behind them on 46 points in second place. So I think Bucks really have got this, um, have got this by the scruff of the neck. If they can um, have a good result against Northumberland, then they can really kind of set the pace here and it can be down to them uh, who wins the league really um, but you never know what happens Cumbria have also played three games uh, they've won one and lost two they're on 33 points so if they've got a good result against Hertfordshire they can put some pressure on likewise if Hertfordshire can beat Cumbria they've also got another game after that so they could put some pressure on both of them so yeah it's this one's this one's really close um, there's four teams uh, one, first, second, third and fourth are all kind of there Northumberland have lost two from two and they only have eight points. So I think they're going to be more playing uh, a role in maybe making a couple of, uh, giving a couple of opportunities to the the, play, the teams that they're not playing against. Um, but yeah, so Cambridgeshire at, top, at the top, uh, Northumberland at the bottom and Cumbria versus Hearts and Northumberland versus Bucks in Division, Eastern Division 2. Where are they? I'm just trying to see. They're at... Um... Furness and Jesmond. Sorry, Furness and Jesmond said, yeah, yeah. Great, okay, great. Um, and Western 2, Rich? Western 2. Now, I think this is the this is the one that's the, the closest out of all of them. And actually, it's just reminded me as I've looked through here that, that we've only had uh, we've only had two 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 draws in the whole in the whole, yeah, of, the, yeah. in the whole of this thing, which is amazing. So there hasn't been any draws in in Western Division Two, and I think that's probably is why it's so close. Um, Wales have played three games, won two, lost one. Shropshire have played three games, won one, lost two. And then Devon, Wiltshire and Cornwall have all played two and won one and lost one. So by the very definition of that, they've uh, Wales are on top with 47, Shropshire with 31, Devon with 29, Wiltshire with 29 and Cornwall with 23. So there's a better man than me out there with a calculator, no doubt. <laughs> I would be surprised if all of those teams can get promotion still. Um, I think obviously Wales and Shropshire, uh, it, although they are at the top, they've only got one game left each. Um, Shropshire are playing this weekend, Wales aren't. So we'll have somebody trying to put some space in between them and uh, the top person. And then Wales will be watching, no doubt, as those fixtures takes place. Uh, and those fixtures are Shropshire at Bridge North take on Devon and Wiltshire at South Wilts will take on Cornwall. So, yeah, 
and I'm not going to say all to play for, but that really is all to play for in that division. That, yeah. is, that is super, super tight. Um, and I think, like I've said, it'll be great to be looking over these again next week to see where, yeah, where the, where the people have performed this week to either catch up or put a little bit of distance between them. So, yeah, it's, um, there's, yeah, it's moving day for sure. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just remember the first year we had relegation and promotion, it was like Super Sunday, wasn't it? Because everybody's trying to work out the permutations and so on. Well, could well be heading for this again, I think. Yeah, and I think it always, the staff's Suffolk game always, um, oh, sorry, the staff's Norfolk game always sticks in my head that staffs looked like they were assuring to win. Norfolk then won Masters Arthurton, got 170 or something. And then that meant that Suffolk jumped up and, and, and took the final spot of which, uh, okay, they lost to Oxfordshire in the final, but they, they certainly gave it a good crunch in the final. So um, it's one of those, isn't it? We said in the in the semi-finals of the one-day comp, if the other four teams in the in the quarterfinals would have won, we'd have been having a similar conversation. Yeah, yeah. We've got really four really good teams. And I think we can we can look at, six, seven of those, eight of those teams in those top divisions and say, well, to be fair, any of them, we've got the we've got the losing finalists that are at the bottom of league uh, division one at the moment and Cheshire and yourselves who've got a pretty strong team and maybe been a little bit unlucky in your games at the bottom of um, division division one in the West, sorry. So, yeah, we it, it just shows that, and we've repeated this a lot, it just shows the, the quality that we've got and, and actually that the teams are really nicely close together, which which does bode for some really exciting finishes and hopefully we'll get that next weekend. The National Counties Cricket Association want to hear from you. We're running podcasts throughout the season aiming to bring you all the news from across the counties previewing and reviewing games and talking to key contributors from on and off the field. And of course, we want to hear from you. Tell us what's happening, give us your views on anything NCCA and be our eyes and ears across the country. Anything you want to hear? Anybody we should be speaking to? Keep up to date with what's happening at nationalcountiesca.co.uk and email us at info at nationalcountiesca.co.uk. And uh, right to say, you're, um, you're having a little trip away. Yes, I'm not. At, uh, I'm not at any cricket this weekend. I will be on my laptop and I will be on my phone as <laughs> always. But yes, I'll, uh, I haven't dropped you in it here, have I? No, no, and I'm not even going to hotter climates. <laughs> well, it normally would be, but it won't be this weekend. But yeah, I've got a couple of days playing golf. Um, but uh, I will be on my phone to make sure uh, answering any questions and, and attentively looking at these tables as they move around. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so that'll do us, I guess. Um, it was a full round of games this weekend. We'll look back at them next week uh, and then look forward to the, uh, the, the the final set of three days. Yeah, so and one, one thing I will be looking at attentively is the game up at Furness, just to see whether Mr Siddle can continue his outrageous form of getting five wickets in every inning. Yes, so um, yes. He's got up to 34 wickets, I think it is now, across across six innings, which is pretty outstanding. So, yeah, I'll be quite uh, I'll be quite keen to see how he goes. There. No pressure, Matt, if you're listening, but it's uh, it's obviously great to see people performing like that. So I'll be uh, I'll be very much uh, taking note of that particular game. I have a friend of mine going to that game, so I'll be uh, be able to get a first-hand report. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, matey, great stuff. Well, look, enjoy your golf, and uh, we'll catch up next week. And good luck to everybody. 
Yes, indeed. And yeah, good luck to everyone. From Northumberland to North Cumbria to Cornwall, we've got National Counties cricket covered.